Hey everybody, it's Jess Clark, the Director of Marketing here at 7 Figure Flipping. FHL is less than a month away and we're continuing our road to FHL with a presentation from FHL 2019. This time it's Adam Ray and Jeremiah Johnson, some of the best salespeople in the world breaking down the anatomy of a sales appointment. It's a great presentation. If you think this presentation is great, imagine how much you're going to get at this year's FHL. It's our biggest FHL ever. It's in San Diego. It's coming up. We want to see you there. The ticket link is in the description. That's enough for me. Here's the podcast. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. You know, fundamentals is one of the things uh, Walter talked about. And the appointment and buying properties, I think, is probably the most important fundamental that we all do as investors, whether it's us or our acquisition people. If you can't buy properties at a level that will give you the ability to make a profit, well, then you're all this is for not. I mean, you're, you're kind of dead in the water. And so we're going to quickly break down what we think is the anatomy of, a, of an appointment and then maybe do some live practice for you. Yeah. All right. Um, if you guys could think, like, what, what has made Bill successful? And we all have excuses. We all have reasons. We all have things that are going on in our lives. And JJ and I were just talking in the back. The people that we see that come in this room and then join a program and end up like killing it are able to look at that and say, okay, I'm going to turn my excuse into an in spite of this, I'm going to go do something. And when they get in the program, then we see their growth, their perspective change. And it's not in spite of anymore. It's because of. I need to succeed because of, and that is exactly what Bill did, uh, is take that internal motivation of the problem that was in front of him and say, because of this problem, I'm going to be successful in real estate and be present with my son. So whatever your excuse is, at this moment, we're gonna jump in and you're gonna see that sales is not magic. Uh, sales is not, a, it, it is not a silver bullet, but it is a skill that can be learned. So we're gonna speed through some major blocking and tackling concepts in the sales appointment, and then we're going to then get into a role play so that you guys really see what blocking and tackling looks like in, in an actual conversation. Um, so the anatomy of a sales appointment, uh, basically you've got two different phases. You have pre-work or the before you go on the appointment, and in that you've got pre-work, you're going to value the property, you're going to figure out what your maximum allowable offer is, and then you're going to jump into what's called a rapport call. A rapport call is the call before the in-person appointment where you're meeting them at their house, and we're doing two things inside of that. We are building a relationship with rapport, and we're going to talk about form here in a second. And then you're getting an upfront commitment for some things, just like Chad talked about. Uh, we call it an upfront commitment in our company, but he talked about it as an advance agreement. Um, to, to piggyback on that, 
on the pre-work, the reason why it's so important is we've all been talking about being of service and, and really focusing on the customers. At the end of the day, this is a sales function, but it's all about the people and, and houses are the widget. And, and so if you're really dialed in on your numbers before you go to your appointment, if you know what the house is worth, you know what you can offer, you know what you, what you plan to do with it, well then it really makes it much easier to focus on the person and what their situation is and what their problem is or what the, what, why you're there, you know? Why, why are you part of the 5% that decided to call on a card or 1% um, the, of the people that I sent this card to actually called me, so what, why? You know, so if, you, if you're dialed in up front with your pre-work, it makes the process so much easier. Absolutely. Uh, then on the appointment, you've got a couple of different things that you'd be thinking about. The major concepts that are sales skills are setting the stage, so getting another upfront commitment about what the appointment is going to look like, and then basically starting all over again. Uh, when you get into the house, you want to basically sit down. Uh, so there's an entry conversation into the house. Um, then there's price questions, why questions, form is building relationship. We do a phase where we revalue the house and then we actually go press in for a closing uh, to actually close the deal. So the pre-work uh, really starts with ARV. And I'm positive most people know what ARV is, but after repair value. so. You want to look at what the property is, what it could be, you know, so that's the, the current value, what it is, and then what it could be if you were to go in and flip it and uh, find comps that are similar to that property, plus or minus 10% on the square footage, same beds and baths, hopefully, same decade of construction within a, within a close proximity, and that is how you derive your, your after repair value. Um, and then you also want to understand the seller expected value, and that is, You've talked to them on the phone, you take this with a grain of salt, but they all have an understanding, typically, um, if they'll tell you what their house is worth. And so it, it's good to know after repair value, the, the real current value, and those are, those are comps that are really, they're, they're not flipped, you know, they're, they're just basically lived in, nice cared for homes that are owner occupied, but they're not at the top of the market, they're not at the bottom, it's just kind of middle and then the seller. Those are, those are the three things that you really need to know um, beforehand. And basically in your pre-work, what you're looking for is to gather ammunition, to try and understand that particular neighborhood, that particular deal, and that particular set of comps, ARV, CCV, and SEV, as well as you can, so that when somebody in an appointment brings something up and says, yeah, Joe down the street sold his house for 300 grand, I can immediately say in the pre-work, oh, I saw that one. I think it had granite countertops. Have you gotten a quote for granite yet? No. Nope. No, they haven't, right? And then it brings up questions in their mind. But if you don't know that information about the comparable sales, what they're looking at, then you have no ammunition to be able to push back on some of their assumptions. Um, so you have to know your comparables all over the market in that area uh, to be effective. Know them well. 
Uh, basically, the easiest way to get ARV is to take the three highest comps, the square footage, and average that. If you want your team to be able to basically know really quickly, uh, you're going to have a high, a middle, and a low that are at the top of the market, and you're averaging the price per square foot. If you average that, typically you're going to bring it down to reality and know that your, your reps are going to be able to value that pretty quickly. Um, and if they start there and can go to a percentage off of that, um, down we buy at 75% in Colorado, they buy at 70% minus repairs in, uh, in Kansas. So our, know your our area. Our calculator actually starts from 55 to 65 is what we have. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And so y you've got to set that expectation based on a realistic number of what the house might actually be worth. The next allowable offer, depending on your market, because I've bought in Denver also, and, and it, you just can't find properties at 70% of ARV. So 70% of ARV is relative to your market, but then minus repairs is, is, gives you the range, and, or gives you the starting point, um, not necessarily your anchor point, but the max allowable offer of what you, can, what you can pay for a property. How can you ballpark repairs right off the top of your head? So what... We, we figure light, medium, and heavy remodel. When we're on the phone and we do an intake, you know, does it, does it just need paint and carpet? Um, do we need to move walls? Is it completely demolished? What kind of state is it? And we get the sellers to tell us that. And when we used a fixed cost of 15, 20, and 25 per square foot, that could also vary for your area, um, depending on where you're at in the country. It could be less, could be more, but that's, that's how we do it. And we run those same numbers too. Okay. All right. Uh, then we get into the rapport call. Um, the rapport call is all about building rapport. Yeah. It is not about the house. It is not about the information that you're going to gather specifically. It is about understanding the seller, who they are, where they're at. What does form stand for? We call this looking for the string. And then when you find the string, you're going to pull it in conversation with questions <laughs> as long as you can ride that question train to understand who they are and where they're at. So there's four categories that you can be looking and listening for in order to be able to build relationships. So we're looking for opportunities to talk to them about family, occupation, recreation, and then money or motivation. You want to dive deeper into the last one? Yeah, the money, motivation and math are what we tell, what I tell our acquisition uh, folks are the most important because we have to know our math and we have to know what they expect, but then the motivation is the key for why they're selling. And if you, if you don't get to the bottom of that, why you're there, why it's important to them, then it's, it's just virtually impossible to fulfill their need. You're, you're really, you're, you're guessing at right. that point. So a great example of where you can pull a string and hear about who this person is, is if they say, oh, I'm sorry, we booked this appointment, but I just talked to my husband. I, we can't do it at that time. Why? Ask them why. <laughs> why can they not do it at that time? Yeah. Soccer practice. Who's playing soccer? My son. How old is he? He's nine. Is he any good? No, he actually sucks really bad, but he, he tries really hard. <laughs> we all laugh, right? Oh, that's, that's good that you got him out there playing. You're, it sounds like you really care about him and his development because that's what it was for me as a kid. Now I just related to that. What's, what's his name again? Oh, it's Billy. Okay, and when his, when, when, who's he playing? 
He's playing the thunder. Oh, goodness, the thunder. They sound intimidating. Is he excited? Like, you can take it as far as you are able to ask questions in that vein, and then you can relate to their story with something that you know about. Um, And that is what builds relationship, is asking questions and them genuinely answering, you genuinely listening, and then finding something that relates. We have a rule uh, in our sales office and our sales team, you are not allowed to tell the seller anything. Everything that you do and every piece of communication that you have is a question. You are not allowed to tell them how much the house is worth. You are not allowed to tell them what needs to be fixed. You are not allowed to tell them how they might feel in a particular situation. You need to ask a question. And so a lot of people will say that sales is sleazy, and I would say it's not for us. It's not. And you know why? Because I have to set the tone with rapport by being self-aware, by being present of mind and heart, and by being vulnerable first. Guys, I'm a recovering addict. I have a lot of pain in my life at a certain point. Some of my friends, one of them in this room, has seen me at the very bottom. Some other people have seen me at the very top. There is a reason that you are sitting on the fence waiting to go back to the table and to sign up and get started and start your business. And it's probably something that's a little dark and scary. Like, we hear it from sellers all day, every day. Like, guess what, guys? You get the opportunity to relate and make a difference in somebody's life who was sexually abused as a child, who's in the middle of a divorce and custody dispute where one of their kids got kidnapped, where you have the opportunity to work with an estranged, older, uh, widowed lady who has been abused physically by one of her sons and is trying to get into a care facility. Like, do you get that your struggle and your pain is part of who you are and why they will buy from you? They will choose to work with you. They will choose to sell their house to you and not Zillow offers and not all this other technology because it's you and it's your story. So you have to set the tone as a leader in their home to try and help solve this problem for them. You can't take responsibility for their actions, but you can understand who they are, where they're headed, and why they wanna get there. And goodness gracious, you, I know you have your own story of pain because we've all been there. Thankfully, I'm years sober now at the grace of God and my wife, and we've built an incredible business. But you know what? I still get up every day, and I have challenges with that. That's what I talk about. That's what I share with them. Man, I remember a time where it felt very hopeless as well. And then I can share my story. Do you think they trust me? It's not a gimmick. It's not a tactic. It is authenticity to the human experience and being fully alive in yourselves, guys. So this isn't, this isn't something to take a picture of. This is something that you need to go inward and figure out who you are and what you have to contribute and share to the person in front of you. And it happens through form. So don't think of this as a tactic. This is a way of being that can add an incredible and immense amount of value, okay?
So before we move on, I want you to all do some homework. Tonight, on your way back, or at dinner, like sit down and share with whoever you're with, or write down and share with somebody when you get home your story, your story of heartbreak, your story of loss, and your story of resilience, hope, consistency, and vision for the future. And that is what's gonna set you apart, and that's what sets this room apart of inside of the real estate investing space, okay? Yeah. So then we get into the upfront commitment. The conversation on the phone is very specific. The goals are to build relationship by looking for form and relating with your own story. Upfront commitment is who are the decision makers? How are they gonna make the decision? And influencers. Don't and influencers, influencers, yes. Um, and hidden decision makers or influencers um, that are going to influence the decision. And we go right at stuff with conversation on the phone and in person. And it's, hey, I would, you know, I'd probably have somebody help me make a big decision like this. Who in your life is going to help you make this decision? Really? Nobody? And then I'll just be quiet and let them kind of say, oh, well, I do run everything by my sister. Great. It's our opportunity then to say and make this appointment as productive as humanly possible. Who's going to help her make the decision? Is she going to be there when we come out on Friday? No, she's not. Is she going to be available by speakerphone? Because I want to make sure that I can address her questions as well as yours. Okay? So it's super important. You've got to be belligerent about qualifying for the decision maker. Um, and then can they make a decision while you're out there? That is a different question. Yes is okay. No is okay. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Anything in the middle. I need an answer. Not okay. But I want to give you permission to say no while I'm out there. But if I, if I commit, are you going to be able to make a decision while I'm out there? Now you know it's going to be as productive as possible. You've built a relationship, you've figured out who's making the decision, and then you've gotten them to upfront commit to you that they are going to make a decision while you're out there. So setting the stage, when you arrive to an appointment, it's maybe been two, three, four days, maybe a week since you've done that rapport call and, and established form and really gotten on their level, and a lot of life has more than likely transpired for them since you spoke last. Pro tip, put a rapport note at the top of that lead, so yep. when you go to the appointment and you're reviewing it ahead of time, and you when you review your really notes, quickly. you're going to remember it like you had the conversation yesterday, but they didn't. They didn't, and they more than likely didn't take notes. So when you get there, you know, the first thing, like even as soon as I arrive, I'm a fairly tall, big guy, I will, I will stand two or three steps back from the door and I'll turn sideways and put my weight on my back foot and I won't look at the door, look at my phone, fiddle with a business card, let them open the door, hello, you know, oh, and I'll be surprised, hi, you know. <laughs> it, it, it works, I do the same thing. We, we didn't actually talk about this ahead of time, but like I, I take my feet and I put them in a T and then I intentionally put my weight on my back foot and then I open my shoulders so that I'm really, really relaxed and not intimidated. Yep. Oh, hey, 
You ready? Okay, let's go in. <laughs> and, and once you do enter the home, whether it's a hoarder house or whether it's vacant. Um, whether my, there's furniture or not. Yeah, yeah. My rule of thumb is, is I will always, I will, I will just sit down. Sit down. 100% on the floor of the time. if I have to. And th they've never been through an appointment like this. They don't know what they're doing. And they'll be milling about. And they'll be nervous. Should I show you the kitchen? Should I do this? And so if you just, it anchors them. And they may walk around for a minute, but then they'll end up settling in. And okay, so what are we doing? <laughs> you know? And that's when you want to reestablish rapport and, and set your agenda. Set your agenda with them of, uh, of what you're going to be doing during this appointment because they, they haven't been through one. So while we're here today, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about your house, really get a feel for what your situation is, and then maybe you'll give me a tour, you know, show me the, the kitchens and the bathrooms, all the good, all the bad. And, you know, at the end, we'll review numbers, and if, uh, you know, I'll make you an offer, and if we come to terms, then we can fill out some paperwork. And it's pretty much what's going to happen today, okay? And that just... Okay, they'll settle in and they'll calm down. They know what to expect now. Yeah, and the most important thing there is reestablish the rapport. So it has been a week, it has been three days, however long it's been, even if it's, even it's been earlier that morning, I will review it like I've never spoken with them. So, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about why I'm here today? You know, I understand that you're thinking about selling the house and that you got a card in the mail, but aside from that, you know, what's important to you about selling this house? Why am I here? You know, and other than money, you know, I, money's important, I get that, but at the end of the day, there, there are other things about selling a house and a transaction like this that are truly impactful for a family. What's important to you? And so restart the rapport and, and get back to that original why, because you want, I mean, it, some people call it opening the the pain, but you just want to get back to what the motivation was. Because if, you, if you're not there, if they're not tapped into it, when it comes time to close, if your numbers are far apart, it will be much harder you know, because you'll need to reinforce and bring them back to their why of, you know, you, this is why we're here. You know, you, you've got $50,000 you shared with me on credit cards that you want to pay off. And I can, I can, I can do and that. And if you don't establish the rapport, so I'm going to ask about Billy's soccer game and here. Did he win? Did he not? We're going to try and talk about it for 20 minutes. I want to talk about anything else other than the house for as long as possible because I know that I'm going to understand who they are, where they're at, and then you can transition into the why. But if you don't, it builds on itself. If you don't set up the rapport as soon as you talk to them the very first time, then you don't have the trust by the time you get in home to be able to ask some really difficult questions. Like, we're going to go right at it. Um, so we get an upfront agreement or commitment again of like, hey, assuming the number works for you and for us, at the end of this, are you going to have everything that you need to make a decision? We just reconfirm that. Yes, I'm going to. Um, and then eventually we get a tour of the house. We never walk the house by ourselves. We can review some numbers kind of work on the offer a little bit that everybody asks, how do you make an offer? How do you make an offer? And we're going to tell you how to do that um, and then sign the agreement. I mean, that is the basic process in home of bringing a contract back. Um, the tour, go ahead. Do set the stage though. I can't stress that enough. How many houses have they bought? 
who knows, not, not very many. So are you going to let a, a seller drive the appointment? Like, let me show you the garage, right? When you walk through the door, just don't let it happen. Like, sit down, take control. Don't even ask. It'll feel awkward. Down. Just sit down. The first time you do it, but it, it's amazing. And don't you, just, out of respect, don't you always they ask will shuffle to take over your shoes and sit off? down. About your shoes? I always do, yeah. Should I, I mean, there could be dirt, like dirt floor. Should I take my shoes off? I mean, I always ask. <laughs> the tour of the house, you always want to have the seller walk with you and give you a tour. And there's a very specific reason for that. It's not about the house for you. It's about the person. And so your job is to help them understand what their actual options with that property are, what the value of the house is, and how much it's going to cost them, not you, them, to fix up the house and get full retail or seller expected value or current condition value if they sell it with a realtor. We go at everything and have conversation about all of it. So, but the tour of the house is specifically designed off of a, a technique out of the car business. And it is called revaluing the trade. It's a trade-in concept where the sales rep of the car walks around the car with the trade-in uh, owner, and they literally ask questions about every nick and every bump and every scratch and every smell and every piece of carpet in that car so that they understand why the trade-in value is the trade-in value to buy it at a discount. It's the same, we're, we do the exact same thing. Our widget is different. It's a house. Yep. However, your questions in the tour are for them, not necessarily for you. Yes, you need to come up with your information. You need to know how much it's going to cost, and we'll talk about that. But it has to be for them. So everything, everything in this section uh, on the appointment is a question. So when you're walking through, you need to be able to ask, hey, how long has that leak been there? Or have you ever gotten a quote on the roof getting replaced because the average life of a roof in Colorado is like 4.2 years. So I know it was like seven years ago, but man, I need to know all that so that I can re-educate them on what the costs might be. Love federal Pacific panels. Mm. Can really educate on those. You know, it's just, it's your chance to, I, I tell our team, you don't want to call the baby ugly, but you ask questions that will infer that the baby is <laughs> ugly. You need to right. call the baby ugly without being offensive. Yeah. Tell yeah. the like, truth without being offensive. How do you do that? Is this they have to style? arrive at the conclusion for it to not be offensive. And so you do that with questions. We also have this in our credibility kit. We used Home Advisor's pricing guides to create our own one sheet that is Home Advisor. And we talk to them, we hand it to them uh, at the beginning of the walkthrough and say, hey, this is for you as a resource to know how much it is it's going to cost you in real terms for Colorado Springs, Colorado, or Wichita, Kansas, or wherever you are. You can go create one of these based on a third-party expensing website and say, this is, this is a third-party who, whose job is to help a homeowner get a good deal on construction. So these are the price ranges. And... What all the numbers that we're discussing, I'm not 
throwing out any of those numbers, and we'll see it in a second, I'm asking them what their number is for a kitchen, for a bathroom, for the whole thing. So again, questions only and as many resources to help educate the person in front of you. It has to be their idea. If it's yours, it won't. This is your sheet that you end up carrying around. This is our appointment sheet. They have something very similar, and it has all the information at the front end uh, of ARV, CCV, kind of what our offer range is going to be, repairs, some general notes, and then just a, a section guideline of what it's going to cost us. Um, it's plus or minus, so it's not necessarily 100% accurate, but it's a one sheet that can really, really help your acquisitions reps know how it is that they're adding stuff up. Now, at first, we don't even send our acquisitions reps with this sheet in their hand, because that's not their focus. Their focus is the home advisor sheet and educating the rep or the, the seller on how much it's gonna cost to get full top of retail. Because at the end of the day, the convenience factor, the value add that we offer is a relationship to hold their hand and go so much quicker than most people on the retail market. That's it. So is it harder or easier to be in a seller's market as an investor? This is the hardest market to be an investor in because it's hard to find deals, it's very competitive, prices are very expensive, mm-hmm. and we're, we're, like everybody in this group, we're succeeding at it but we have to do it together. On the inverse, our value proposition is huge when it takes 12 months to sell a property because we can move in two weeks versus they could probably put it on the market in 90, 120 days in Colorado. And even if it's a fixer upper, they're gonna get a little bit of money out of it, okay? So you have to understand where the value is. And right now, you've got to be really tight, really good on getting the seller to understand they're not going to probably get full retail. They're going to get seller-expected retail, seller-expected value. And it's going to cost them a lot of money. If they're going to walk into Home Depot and find a contractor, these are the prices that they're looking at. Um, And then this is the, the sheet for our internal use. Um, And then when we're in this, there are some concepts that I want to teach you guys that are, it is not a section. It is not a, okay, you walk in the door, you sit down, and then you get your why questions out, and you just ask all 17 of them. It starts on the rapport call, like the very, very front end of when you're first speaking with them, and you continue this line of questioning over and over and over. And you check for consistency, but it also really gets deeper and deeper and deeper on what yeah. dri- what's driving them. I even, I love it when they're like trying to sell me on how amazing their house is. I'm like, that sounds like a great house. Help me understand. Like, why, why do you need to sell your house in the first place? Yeah. Why not call a realtor? Why is that important to you? I mean, how did you decide to sell? Well, Joe down the street got 300K. Right? It's going to give you information. You've got to ask. And for our people, you need to ask seven times, seven different ways, or you failed to understand. Because they're going to typically not be forthcoming until the third, fourth, fifth, 
time that you ask. So we're gonna go in this section and ask, how'd you decide to sell? When did you decide? Have you thought about a broker listing it? Like, why not go that direction? Because you, you're abnormal for calling somebody like me, but there's gotta be a reason. I would love to understand and know, okay? And then why not fix it up yourself? Why not turn it into a rental property? Like all of these are options on the table for them and you've got to hold their hand into each of them to understand why they're making the, the decision in the first place. And they're gonna trust you because you genuinely want to know and there's nothing that's off limits in this sales process. The next thing is how to get their price. How do you understand what it is that they want to sell? If you get nothing out of this presentation except this, our our sales reps get a zero on their appointment if they don't ask seven times, seven different ways what the seller wants for the house before they even ballpark numbers, before they even talk anything about price in their terms of numbers. They've gotta ask seven times, seven different ways. And very, very rarely will you get to the seventh without them basically telling you. This is also something that's not a section. You do it two or three times in the rapport call and then seven times on the appointment. It is the most important thing because you need to know where they're starting, what their expectations are, otherwise you don't know how to help them. And oftentimes I'll get a response that says, why is that relevant? And I just go back and say, you know, our our job is to help you figure out what the best option is for you, regardless of whether we buy the house or not. Like really, I can count this as a success because my boss says that my job is to help you and point you in the right direction. And we may or may not buy the house, but I need all the data to be able to do that. Otherwise, you're hiding something from me and I don't know how to help you. You, you don't want me not to do my job, do you? No. Truly, that's the heartbeat behind what we do. Just be honest with them and go right at it, okay? So then these questions, no matter what you get back, no matter what their response is, once they give you their number, the most important thing is to respond this way. Jeremiah? Hundred K, huh? Adam, are you, are you sure that's the, um that's the best price you could do? Boom. I've gotten somebody $50,000 less with that, <laughs> right? Like Maybe no matter what, that's your response, okay? Yeah. It's, it's tested across industry, it's tested across everything. It works. Be confused and not sure and ask them again, okay? So now that we have that prerequisite set up, here are some ways that you can ask what they want for the house. And I literally just say, if we paid all cash and you, know, you could pick any date that you, you wanted to close, what would be the best price you consider for the house? And you shut your mouth. What's, What's the record? Like eight minutes. Eight yeah. minutes. Eight minutes, I sat with a seller and she smoked like three cigarettes. <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> I have not gotten to eight minutes, but seriously, you've gotta be self-aware and comfortable in yourself to ask a question and use silence as a tool in your tool belt 
to help arrive at a conclusion with the seller, okay? So don't talk all over yourself. Sometimes, guys, if you think that you need an extroverted personality to sell, I'm actually not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. And I stood in front of the mirror and I wanted this so bad that I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. It is a learnable skill. You have no reason that this cannot work for you, okay? He's an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I've got a word quota. And when I hit it, I'm done. And it's like 4,000 words in a day. Ask Becca, ask Bill, like uh, nine o'clock at night at one of these conferences. And I'm just like, I'm just a zombie in the corner going, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So any personality, this works for Chris and Ariane. This works for a ton of people, no matter the personality. You just have to be authentic to you to make it work. So, you know, what do you need to make on this house to make it make sense for you? I didn't use the word price. I didn't use the word sell. I didn't use the word contract. You can throw in the word price if you're trying to be aggressive, Um, but you've got to be able to ask these questions seven times, seven different ways. My favorite is if you start to get stumped, you're like, okay, let's just take the pressure off. Let's say like, you're like the fairy godmother. You had a magic Magic wand wand. and you could just fix it today. What would that price be that you'd sell it for? Takes the pressure off. Or if you had to ballpark it or whatever it is, but you've got to have seven to 10 ways that you ask for the price before it gets super awkward because you're repeating the same thing. You just got to go back and back and back. It is the most important thing. So... Unrealistic or retail expectations are something I think that we do encounter. And retail is one thing, but unrealistic expectations, uh, that's when you really got to go back. If, if, if you're off the rails at this point, you got to go back and, and reevaluate the property. You, you, you can't plunge forward. You can't go any further in negotiations or buying the property if they give you a number that you know is, is crazy. And so you either have to convince them or there are some other tactics to go to go deeper. But I don't think there really is convincing. It's, it's more of getting them to the point where they understand what the true value of their house is. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we, we have a saying in our business, you don't know if you don't go on the appointment. Mm-hmm. I know you can close over the phone and we're starting to test that and we're starting to have some more success with that. Um, but I know that we do get a lot of the seller finance that other people don't get over the phone because we have the trust eyeball to eyeball across a kitchen table to be able to negotiate a seller finance. So like most of my rental portfolio is seller finance, all 50 some units of it, right? So, Same here. Um, and we wouldn't have had that opportunity if we didn't go on some appointments in person. Um, so go on everything and you, your job is to challenge their assumptions by asking questions and educating them on what you're looking at. Man, we got to speed up. Um, getting to the money, there are two ways. If you get stumped at the end of it, there's two things that I will do to at the end of the seven questions, like twice, there's somebody that's like, I, I just don't want to tell you. And then I will then use one of these two techniques or I'll use one of these two techniques just a touch uh, sooner if I've been really aggressive on the phone to get four or five 
why, uh, what they want for the house questions in. Yeah, and so Adam, I don't really think it's relevant that you understand what I think the house is worth. You're, you're the investor. <laughs> shoot me an offer. Yeah, I, I'm an investor, right? I would start at zero and go up for there. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, that's good. Right? Like I, but I, I really want to help you, and I really want to understand where you're at and what, what your decisions are so that I can point you in the right direction. What, if you had a number that would make sense for you, surely you've thought about it. Oh, yeah, we've thought about it. Oh, okay. I just don't want to tell you. Okay, that's okay. Um, I don't know how to help you if, you, if you're not going to tell me that. Well, but if, I mean, so let's take the pressure off. So is there a ballpark that you and, you and your wife are talking about? I just really, I'd really prefer that you tell me what you're thinking. Sure. I'm thinking lots of things. I th I'm thinking, um, gosh, I mean, I think this is a good house. Yeah. I think you could probably get a decent value for it. I'm not exactly sure what it's worth totally, but... I mean, surely you've looked at some other houses in the neighborhood. What are they selling for? Gosh, I, you know, that's why I called you. I don't, I don't really know. Sure. Well, I, I can understand that. I'm not an appraiser, per se. Okay. Um, we just value for, for trying to figure out how to help you. And if it's worth the effort for us and knowing where you're at and how we can, can help you, um, then See, I'm... I, just, I really thought... You know, you sent me the card. It said yeah. you wanted to buy my house. I thought, I thought you'd know what it, you know, you wanted to pay for it. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, I want to give you a million dollars, right? Like I want well, to give you as good. much as I can. But we've bought similar houses in the neighborhood for a lot less than a million. But we're just trying to see if, if much? We're, we're the right fit for you and you're the right fit for us. Okay. So if you, I mean... If you could have everything done, no headaches, and it's just you know it's going to close and it, you're ready to go, like wh what, what price would work for you that would also be fair for us? To be honest with you, I'm not really concerned about fair for you, um, but sure. maybe 170 170 Okay, how did you get there? I just... So you're right. I looked around. I mean, I know what stuff's selling for in my neighborhood. I, 170 seems fair. That's, that's what Joe got. Ooh. Gosh. Is that, um, is, is that the best price you could do? Seems like a pretty good price to me. Why is it a good price? Well, Pay off our mortgage, we could put money down on another house, maybe pay off a few bills. I'm sure you don't know what you owe on the property? I have a pretty good idea what I owe on the property. What do you owe on the property? I don't see that that's relevant either. So we, we talk in terms of a net walkaway number with you? Yeah. Based on some of the time and convenience that we can offer versus what listing with a broker might look like. And so if I don't know that, I actually can't fill out some of the paperwork to help you. Oh. Okay. What do you owe for the property? About 80. 80. Okay, so you've got about 100 and how much to work with? Well, I mean, if we sold it for 170, that'd be 90. 
Okay. Um, have you factored for real estate commissions or anything like that? I, I might just try and put it on Zillow, sell it myself. Okay. You know, skip all that noise. Those guys. You like, definitely could do that. that um, and a lot of people actually try that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what the success rate is, but I know that in that situation, you're just trading a little bit of your time or a lot. I, I assume that you're not employed right now and have a couple of months to really focus on getting the house sold? Well, no, I, I mean, I, I do work, but my, you know, my wife and we, we'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, so you're going to sell it yourself and make the full amount. If, if a buyer's agent comes in, are you going to pay them? How would that work? So if another person says, hey, I want to come show the house, but I'm a broker and I'm representing this buyer, will you pay me money? That, that's kind of standard. Even if you're selling it for sale by owner or on Zillow, no matter what. It's not preferable, but I guess if I had to, I, I would, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to pay, do you know what the real estate commission is going for these days? No. How much? Uh, I think it's between 6 and 7% total. So each broker gets half. Yeah, I'd like to avoid that. Right. So in terms of net walkaway number, it sounds like 170 is the sale price. Um, we haven't even talked about the house yet and kind of what you might need to do to the house, but... What kind of walk-away number are you hoping for? Because 170 minus 80 is not what you're going to walk away with. You're probably going to be somewhere in the forty dollars to $60,000 range oh. after fees and expenses and all that stuff. That and was a big jump. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not my numbers. I mean, it's it's brokers and it's closing costs and it's transfer excise tax and and some other things. I is does all of this interest you breaking it down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. why I called you. Okay, I'd, I'd like to know. Okay, well, we want to be as transparent as possible, and we even want you to know what we're possibly going to make on the property, so that you feel super comfortable with it. So. It sounds like we've got an understanding of where we're at. Let's, can you give me a tour of the property? Um, I'd love to see it. Yeah, let's do it. Great, okay. <laughs> so that is, that's the meat of the appointment. That is the most important thing. Again, that's not a section, but I was really pressing on what I wanted. You're gonna be interlacing form questions and uh, questions about the house. Like the easy ones are the questions about the house. That's just filler content, right? Like how many beds and how many baths and how many square feet and when did you move in? And all of this stuff, you can just use that and then weave in the why questions, the how much questions, the form questions. And so it's, it's all of these strings going all the way through the sales process. Soft ballparking is essentially saying, hmm, I'm not really sure. I'm not saying that I am, but what if, what if? I was in the 100 to 120 range, right? That's a last resort option after you've asked seven times. That's the soft way into it. Um, and the key words there are what if. Yep. What if? 
I'm not saying that I am, but what if I was? And you're trying to elicit a response. Um, or I'm gonna do this with Jeremiah, have him respond in a poor way, and then I'm gonna respond just as aggressively back without really being aggressive. Um, so, I mean, we've bought, gosh, tons of properties in this neighborhood. We bought similar houses to this in the like 80 to $100,000 range. Oh, no way. I mean, this thing's gotta be at least worth 110. So 110, that's the number that you're thinking of. Wow, you, 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 you got me. <laughs> right? Like almost always, if you can pin them to say a number, as soon as you get that reaction from yep. them, and you're not afraid of the reaction, and you can just calmly go right through it, and then say, okay, so even if he said, oh, that's so low, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Gosh, I just had a blank. <laughs> um, how would I respond to that? That's crazy. I, I, yeah, I know. I mean, that was a couple of years ago. I'm not saying that I am. I haven't seen your house yet, but you had a number in mind. What was that number? You said it was crazy. What number popped to mind right in that moment? About double that. Double that. Okay, yeah. so what's double that? 160. 160. He always says the number first, always. We don't, it's not about us, it's about them, okay? So that's softball parking, giving a range, and it anchoring is going right at it, right as low as you can think of, and still potentially not get kicked out, but say, what if, right? And you want to elicit that response. You've got to be self-aware to be able to do that, um, and to know that you have the best interest of the seller in mind. It's helpful too if you have done your pre-work, if you have your low comps, that's the point when you can break them out. Like, look, this is two doors down, 80. I'm not making this up. Mm -hmm. 110, 90, 77. So if you have to dig in and review numbers on, sometimes people jump the gun and they're ready, and, but don't ever miss rapport. If you, if you need this as a tool, this is a seller net worksheet. It compares a cash offer with us to a retail listing. It has the seller's name, price, mortgage, payoff, negotiated price, which is two, two to 4% off the retail price, Mr. Seller. We go through and explain every single thing and we come up with their number. So we're gonna do this real quick. I know we're running out of time, but we're gonna try and do uh, as much of an appointment as possible. Um, so maybe another eight minutes or so. Uh, so take a picture of this if you want it. And then the other keys are don't actually make an offer. Guys, that's how you make an offer. You'd be so curious and so um, so helpful to them, wanting to know who they are, where they're at, that they start with the offer first. This is what I would sell for. And then you go deeper and deeper and deeper into that. The secret to making an offer, how do I make a low offer? You don't. 
You help the person in front of you ask a ton of questions and arrive at the number eventually that works for both of you. Uh, we, we also are gonna preview two different closing types. Uh, the first one is what we call a pin down close or a pin to a number close. I don't know all the time what they're going to say yes to, but if I'm going to go out on a limb or if I'm going to try and get um, a number signed today, then I will try and pull out this pin close where I'm trying to do that. We're gonna demonstrate that in a second. And then the second one is? The box close. You, you wanna, I, I ask them a question that will essentially put them in a box. You give them four choices. You know, so if, they, if they're pushing back, I need to think about it. I wanna sleep on it. I'm not sure, I wanna talk to somebody, okay. I, I get that. that, that makes total sense to me. What would you like to think about? Is it the timing of the transaction, the contract, the price, or is it, is it something that I did? They're never gonna say you. No, they won't. If you've done rapport. <laughs> but it, it does put them into it, well, like, you know, it's, it's, it's the price. And what, what they're essentially telling you if they need to think about it is I'm not sold, you didn't hit my needs, You're, you have no idea what I want, or I'm going to shop you. And my favorite intro into this is, oh, gosh, you're, they want to think about it, they want to sleep on it, they want to take a day, whatever it is. We've just set all the expectations up front that they're going to make a decision. Yeah. And so we go right back into, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. It's my fault. I think I screwed up and didn't explain something and how we're arriving at our number and, and why, you know, why we need to be where we're at. Um, or something else. What is it? What is, go, go what not is it? okay. Is it? I feel time certain. frame. Is it like now between then and closing? Do we need to shorten it? Do we need to extend it? Uh, is it the agreement itself, which usually we haven't pulled it out by this point? <laughs> is it the price, like how much I'm giving it you for the property, or is it me or the company? Like, did you read a bad review or? What is it? And don't be scared to ask if they're going to shop you. They're going to. So if you look them right in the eyes and, and ask, like, yep. you know, I, I feel like I haven't done my job. Do you, you feel like you need to get more bids? They, they'll get squeamish on you. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay. I, I've got to tell him. Bill's going to kill us if we stay on for another okay. half hour. So let's try. Yeah, you want to keep going? Okay. <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> um, so let's do this. Let's do this. Knock, knock, knock. Hello. Hey. Adam. Are you, is now still an okay time? Yes, it is. Come on in. Awesome. How was Billy's soccer game? It was great. Yeah? It was great. He... he kicked a lot of butterflies. He did? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that is. is he at the age still where it's like a flock of seagulls just running around the field? He's not a big runner. He's not? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's out there. Learning to play with others. Cool. Yeah, it's exposure, okay. right? Awesome. Getting to hang out with the kids. That's what it's all about. Having fun. Too good. Oh, well, can you tell me, help me remember, you know, why are you selling the house? Well, you know, um, we moved my mother into an extended care facility. Okay. And now we have our, I, I'm the uh, 
the head of the estate essentially, and, and I've got my siblings in other states, and we're trying to try to figure out what the best route is with selling mom's house. Oh wow! Okay, so are you the executor? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think a, a personal representative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's called uh, nationally, and then every state kind of has a little bit different terminology. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my job. I get the. But I got I need to run it through all my all my siblings. So they all need to approve everything. Yeah. If you want to stay family, they need yeah. to approve everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I pretty much have control. I think they they trust me on this, you know. But just would want to probably double check it with them. Do you have any like red herring family members? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, not that is involved with the house sale. <laughs> okay, but yeah, yeah, I think everybody does. So right? you can keep the, the decision making process on track, and everybody trusts you. Yeah. Okay. So have you thought, what do you want for the house? Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. You know, I've, I've done quite a bit of research. I think if we, if we do some things to it, we sell it, at, you know, with a realtor, we can probably get about 130. Okay. Um, you know, it's got, and it's 130, got some things. That's the price that you would sell it at? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I think, you know, looking at the neighborhood, I think stuff's selling for about that. You know, and what I've been here for a few weeks. And, Okay. What realtors have you talked to? Just a couple, random. Just, sure. Just online. Yeah. Well, I, I had one sent me a, a what market, like what it was worth. Sure. What'd they say? One thirty. One thirty. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. And so it's do we do the stuff to it, clean all mom stuff out, or or do we just sell it to somebody like you? Totally. Yeah. And you know we can build in taking care of that if that's something that's really important to you. Um, so just let me know if it becomes important at some point that you can just sell the house as is. We'll take care of all the stuff inside, potentially. But if not, then we we still want you to take all the stuff out if we okay. factor for that. So, um, gosh, one thirty. Uh, so assuming that you could not go through the pain of listing it. Uh, the second negotiation when somebody comes back on the inspection and you know beats you up on all the little things and all that jazz. Somebody like me, where you can pick the day that you're going to close. It's all cash, and you know we can just take care of all the headaches for you, so that all you have to worry about is communication with the family instead of all the variables. Yeah. Now, what what would be the best price you'd consider? You know, I've talked with my. Uh... My brother and um, my other siblings, and we've kind of got a number in mind that we'd like to get out of the house, you know, and um, we think it's probably worth it. But I, I really just wanted to see what a company like yours would offer. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I called you. So, I mean, most people who call us are looking for some time and convenience. Would you say that's... That's what you're looking for as well, or potentially. I mean, this is not—we're not financially in trouble or anything. It's just sure. it's more of a hassle factor. Like, I don't know if I want to take on this, but you know, if it's if it's too low, then I would probably take it on. So that's why you're here. Okay. And what's kind of that bottom number that you've discussed with your family? That's why I called you. I want to see what you'd offer. Sure. I mean, I'm an investor, so we, you know, start at zero and go up from there. But I just want to actually make sure that I'm helping point you in the right direction, 
even if that's not us. So I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. um, And then assuming that a number works for you and works for us, I would love to, to make that offer with you and make sure that we get started today, if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming that the number worked for you, you'd be ready to make a decision today, like we talked about on the phone? Potentially. I mean, I would, I'd would. i probably need to make some phone calls. And, okay. But, yeah. Who, who specifically in your family would you have to talk to? The other siblings. The other siblings? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you can send them a group text and maybe get them on speakerphone towards the end if we... Be prepped just in case we decide to do something? Maybe. Okay. Usually my siblings need about an hour heads up. So we're going to walk through the house. I want to hear a little bit more about uh, Billy and what his soccer season is going to look like. Yeah. Um, but I also want, you know, I want to hear a little bit more about the house. And I want to chat uh, about those numbers, what that looks like, and then... Uh, and then maybe we bring them on a speakerphone. So maybe just shoot a text over and just let them know you may call them. Well, I want to make sure we're on the same page first before I bring them in. Okay. All right. We can do that. Okay. Um, so tell me, like, why not go with a broker? I guess I'm just confused. I don't understand. Well, um, we get more for the house. But I just wanted to see what you'd offer. And at what point would you say yes to an offer from me instead of listing it? You're not going to tell me, are you? (laughs) I I mean, we have some guidelines and some stuff like that, but I I genuinely want to help you. um, And so I just kind of need to know what your your hope is. Well... We were thinking 100,000. If we could sell it with an agent for 130, you know, by the time you pay commissions and clean all this stuff out, sure. it, you know, 100 would be probably appropriate. Okay. If we sold it. Yeah. And so does did your was it your mom or your dad's house? Mom. 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 She's in assisted living. How long was she, did she live in the house? Oh gosh, we grew up here. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know this must be hard. Well, I've been out of here for a long time. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Does it bring back any memories at all? You know, home is where the heart is, Adam. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that. Yeah, me too. Which which bedroom was yours? Uh, Downstairs. Downstairs. Yeah. So you little tight, causing trouble, raising... Well, not at first, but then it was great because, you know, that egress window. (laughs) So you haven't been back in a while. Oh, no. No, we live out of state. I'm just here taking care of this stuff for mom, for the the family. Yeah. Are you the oldest? Yeah. Okay. So all the kids look up to you still? We're all, I mean, successful parents, adults now. So I don't think it's really, I don't, I don't know. I'm sensing some hesitation to, to talk about that. I know. No. No. Just, uh, so do you think you can do 100? I, I, I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Um, I mean, we've bought similar houses in the neighborhood for gosh, somewhere between 40 to 55,000. All right. We, 55? Yeah. 55. Whew. That's quite a bit lower. Yeah. 
What number pops to mind as a number that would be reasonable somewhere between your 100 and 55? 95. Okay. Right, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's fair for you. I don't know that I don't know that we'd be able to make any money on that. I I told you on the phone that we do buy properties to make a profit, right? Yeah, yeah, I know that. But I mean, we're already giving you the commission and everything sure. else. Yeah, so we're not brokers. We actually buy property. We're directly. taking that off the top. Sure. Yeah. But we're not brokers, so we don't make it back on that. Okay. We, you know, we, we've bought similar houses between forty and $55,000. Um, know, what would be the, gosh, I don't know. Uh, what would be the best price you'd consider knowing that there were no commissions, nothing? That's all. You take all the stuff out of the house? Yeah, let's do that. We, that we can get what we, what we want out and then yeah. we're done? I don't have to come back? Nope. We'll take care of it all. Unless we find gold, then we'll call you. <laughs> Which we I, have you actually know, found. I mean, there, there's, there's value there. If I don't have to come back and I don't have to take off work. And sure. So maybe. Sure. 80? Yeah. Okay. 80. So you're saying that if I give you $80,000 today, that we'd have a deal? I'd need to call my siblings, but yeah, I think we could get that done. I'm not saying that I can, but I'm, I'm thinking that, like, I might be somewhere in the range of, I don't know, like, like 65? What if... Oh. Just sign it, man. <laughs> 65? Yeah, what if I was at 65? Whew. Yeah, I don't know. How... how how would I do? How would it's like I a game do of ping pong, isn't it? How would I do eighty? How? Yeah. I, I, you write us a check. Yeah. So you're at eighty. We're at sixty-five. What would be fair? Somewhere in the middle. Seventy-two-five. So you're saying seventy-two-five? Well, that's the middle. I'm not saying it's fair. Okay. I mean, I, I think I could get it fair for you, fair for us at 72.5. Their mics are off. All right, good job, guys. <laughs> you did great. You did great. I'm back there going like this for 15 minutes. If you guys could see this screen right here, it says zero, zero, and then it says in big bold letters, wrap it up please for the last 15 minutes and we were just flashing at, that, at them. So, was that good or what? They're like, should we keep going? Yeah, 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 keep going, no, 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 okay. All right, it seriously was like a game of ping pong, right? You get two sales guys talking to each other, nobody's gonna do anything. I was like, somebody just break here. It's like, who's the better salesperson? So a, a homeowner would have broken a long time before that, don't you think? <laughs> We're back there going, oh, Becca goes, oh, a homeowner would have sold by now. He would have given him his number 10 minutes ago.